What is the doctrine of two kingdoms are two reigns of God? Why is understanding the two kingdoms important in our daily life? Join us today as I interview Dr. Reverend Charles Spomer, the pastor of Ascension Lutheran Church in St. Louis. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's Family Shield program. Welcome, Pastor Spomer. It's great to visit with you again. Thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you very much, Kay, for the invitation. All right. Well, we want to talk today about the two kingdoms. But before we do, tell our listeners a little bit about you and your family. Well, um, I'm pastor at Ascension Lutheran Church. I've been in the pastoral ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, for, um, oh my goodness, it's 38 years now. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been at Ascension for 15 years, and my wife, Christine, and I have, uh, have five grown children and six grandchildren. Wonderful. And um, tell our listeners what you like best about being a grandpa. What I like best about being a grandpa is uh, uh, toes. Toes? Toes. <laughs> you like little baby's toes, huh? I like baby toes. Ah. You know, you can, you can blow on them. Uh-huh. And... <laughs> uh-huh. How old are your grandchildren, and how many do you have? Well, we have six, and they range in age from 13 and a half as the oldest to uh, six months as the youngest. Ah, okay, wonderful. Yeah. Well, I like and they're, our... they're even up, three boys, three girls. Oh, good. That's yep. great. Well, I, I wanted to say, too, to our listeners that we can, my husband and I consider you and your family our friends, not just uh, a pastor. You were the pastor to our youngest son, Jeff, who uh, passed away a little over a year ago. But we just want to say thank you because, um, you know, having pastors like you who take the time to come over and visit and and become a part of our family. And I know how many other people you have uh, with challenges, illnesses at your own congregation. So thanks for all that you do for those within your congregation and those outside of your congregation, too. We appreciate you. Well, you know, it, it is an honor. Thank you very much. It's an honor that, that God gives us through, through Jesus Christ, too to be his uh, under-shepherds for the flock. Yeah, well, thank you so much. Well, now, the reason I ask you about talking about the two kingdoms is because someone here at the station who is not Lutheran asked me about it uh, a few months ago, and I'm like, well, I know we teach <laughs> this. I don't know how to explain it. And so I'm going to ask you questions because I don't know that much about it, and I hope that it will help our listeners understand. I, I really think this teaching... Um, isn't talked about enough. Uh, it is biblical. So mm-hmm. let's talk about what we mean when we say there are two kingdoms of God. Okay, let's do that. Um, and I'm glad that you put it that way. We, we talk about the two kingdoms of God mm-hmm. in this world. Um, we all understand that there is the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the devil. And, and that is another two-kingdom system. Mm. But the kingdom of God in this world is divided into the kingdom of his right hand and the kingdom of his left hand. The kingdom of his right hand is the kingdom where we say God does his proper work, because uh, that's, that's the Latin word for the right hand, the propria. 
That's where God does his proper work. It's the work that he does of the gospel. It's the work of the forgiveness of sins. It's the work of applying the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ to us through his word. Um, And that is the work that God does most properly in the church. Mm -hmm. Um, And wherever the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is proclaimed, God tells us that his Holy Spirit creates the church. Now, it may not be uh, a church that has a particular uh, label on the front, you know, like a denominational label or even a name on the front, but the church is that kingdom of God that Jesus talks about when he begins his public ministry, and he says the kingdom of God is near, Mm. the reign of God. Um, Very often when we use the term kingdom, we we think of a space. Mm. Um, So most kings have a kingdom that takes up space. Um, Our Lord Jesus Christ, as our king, has a kingdom which takes up space too, but it's the space of our hearts. And so that's why Jesus can say the kingdom of God is within you. Yeah. It's uh, it's the reign of God in our hearts by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is how God rules and governs our hearts within the church. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit lives in us, so that's another reason why we might say that, right? Right. It's a, it's another evidence of the, the fact that the church is there. Mm-hmm. Wherever God's people um, hear the gospel, wherever they proclaim the gospel, wherever they use the sacraments, um, that's where Christ creates his church. Now, um, the kingdom of the left hand, the other one, or God's alien work, is everything else in the world, everything else actually in the universe that operates according to law. So God's kingdom of the left hand encompasses not only um, the church, because the church exists in the world, but it also includes things which are not part of the church. So God's kingdom of the left hand includes, uh, I would say most specifically, secular government, Mm -hmm. the governments that we see in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of those governments, or at least I should say some of the people who operate within those governments, are aware of God's reign. And so you will have uh, Christian people who are determined within government to operate according to what God has told them. And there are those who are not. They're not Christian. They may be unbelievers. They may be Jewish. They may be Hindu. They may be um, Muslim or Buddhist. Uh, but they are not Christian, and therefore they are part of the left-hand kingdom as they operate within the government. And that does not mean that they are not part of God's kingdom just right. because they are not believers. Mm-hmm. Because the left-hand kingdom is where God operates according to his law. Um, and it's and only the law. Only the law, mm-hmm. not the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the left-hand kingdom, there is not the declaration of the forgiveness of sins. In the left-hand kingdom, there is not uh, the proclamation of the of death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, the left-hand kingdom is God's way of, for instance, ordering civil society. Um, so God gives good gifts in the left-hand kingdom. Law and order. Yes. is a good gift. Yes. Um, without that, our societies would be horrible. Mm-hmm. They'd be terrible. Uh, God puts his law into the hearts of human beings uh, at creation. And even though over the uh, centuries and generations that have come and gone, that law has been 
to a certain extent, obliterated. It's kind of like uh, uh, writing on the whiteboard and then taking your fingers and, and rubbing it through what you've written. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might still be there, but it's a little harder it's to not discern. Very clear, yeah. Um, it's a little less clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that law is still there in the hearts of human beings. So societies know that it's wrong to steal, oh. that it's wrong to kill, yeah. it's, that it's, it's wrong hearts, to yeah. uh, lie in court. Mm-hmm. Those types of things. So that fraud is wrong. Um, and then there are those things that we uh, obliterate and begin to think of as okay. We still know <clears throat> that, uh, for instance, adultery is wrong, uh, but we we mitigate that somewhat by saying that as long as the two people who are engaging in it uh, agree and it is you know there's really no harm done, then it's not a big deal. Uh, it, it is a big deal, and and that's how even in the civil realm, God wants what He desires to be carried out. Um, God allows governments to rise. God permits and sometimes causes governments to fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, no government is more godly than another government. Um, for instance, the uh, the pagan government of Rome at the time of St. Paul, uh, and that government was headed by Nero, uh, was a, good guy, a government was that God had established. Right, but he wasn't a good guy. I mean, Oh, he was not a good guy, no. not at all. Right, but God um, established that government. God established the mm-hmm. government, even though someone who took over the government was not a, a nice man. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he had little regard for his citizens. Uh, his primary concern was the maintenance of his position rather than the maintenance of law and order. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet, in Romans 13, St. Paul reminds us that even in that context, we are to give honor to those to whom honor is due. We are to pay taxes to, the, to, to those to whom taxes is, are, are due. That government is established by God for the punishment of wickedness and the reward of those who do right. That's God's kingdom of the left hand. This mm-hmm. is where God operates according to his law. Uh, we can also see the kingdom of the left hand, for instance, in the universe, where God operates according to um, natural law, where there are uh, consequences for those things that are undertaken, um, where um, the planets move in a, in a predictable motion, where electricity performs predictably, uh, sort, of course, except in my house where there you know, all kinds of things I have to call yeah, the guy yeah. for. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the that's God's king with the left hand as well. Okay. Now, um, the other day I was listening to another uh, radio station, and a caller called in and said, all government is um, evil. And uh, a pastor had like 20 seconds to respond, and he did, did do a very good job. <laughs> If someone called in and said that to you, and I know in in today's mm-hmm. world, you know, we don't like things, we we don't always um, uh, like what's happening. But how would you respond to someone that called in and said all government is evil in face of what you've just shared about God's left and right hand kingdom? Well, I would say that the institution of government is not evil. God desires for there to be government for the welfare of human beings. Um, see, the thing is, you can, you can either look at the way things are in the world from naturalistic causes, or you can look at things the way they are in the world and see the hand of God at work. What the Scripture tells us is that God establishes government. 
Um, now, maybe we need to say, if I can back up just a bit, sure. maybe we need to say that at one time, the work of God's right hand and the work of God's left hand were um, congruent. Mm. They were the same. They, they operated within the same system. And that was in human society before Adam and Eve sinned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then God's long. kingdom of the left hand and his kingdom of the mm-hmm. right hand were exactly the same. Didn't last very long. Didn't last very long, right. God just said one thing, don't do one thing. And they, <laughs> he didn't give them the Ten Commandments. Just, he just gave them one rule one and they thing, broke it. Right. Yeah. Just and, like us. And they didn't do it. Yeah, we're not. You know. And 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 uh, and I guess for our listeners, too, I, I want to, well, first, I, I'm going to have to uh, take, share some uh, announcements in a minute, but, but just this biggest problem that we have cannot be fixed by the government. The biggest problem that we have, what is that, Pastor Spomer? Well, the biggest problem that we have is sin. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I think that it's appropriate for us to talk about the sin of Adam and Eve, because what they desired to do was to be God for themselves. Yeah. And see, that's that's when the kingdom of the right hand and the kingdom of the left hand split. Then God had to deal with Adam and Eve according to his law and judgment. When he said to them, in the day that you eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die. He really meant it. Mm-hmm. They, they were indeed going to experience the eventuality of their, of their death. And at that point, their relationship with God suffered irreparable damage. So it was a spiritual death for them at that point. Exactly. Uh, even though e- uh, physical death was going to happen as well. Right. It had to wait 720 years. Right. But uh, the, the, the spiritual death happened right then. Because the um, Bible says, I'm sorry, that in the day you eat of it, you shall die. And people say, well, you know, what, what is this? They didn't die for years afterwards. But the spiritual mm-hmm. death happened immediately as right. they uh, went and hid. Because exactly. they understood. They, they hid from the face of God. Right. Um, and what, what God had given them prior to that uh, eating of the fruit of the tree was an absolute free access to him that was unimpaired by sin, uh, unimpaired, unimpaired by fear. Um, they had a knowledge of God that was perfect. They had a knowledge of God that was complete. After they sinned, their knowledge of God began to leave them because they no longer regarded God as good and gracious towards them. From that time on, he had to tell them about the nature of his grace and show the nature of his grace. And and that's the purpose of the Word of God. It shows us the nature and the purpose of God's grace. Um, Now, when that split, God deals with sin according to his law, in the left hand, according to the gospel, in the right hand. And and that's what we need to remember. The kingdom of the left hand, government, is set up to deal with sin. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with sin if you don't have the gospel? The only way to do it is punishment and reward. Right? Right. Right. That's the only thing you can do. If somebody breaks the law, you have to punish them. If they do well, you give them a reward. Mm -hmm. You, uh, you know, you you give the guy who is... um, uh, who has contributed to the charities and who has established something for the welfare of the community, you give him a plaque. And this is not a new 
thing. I mean, even in um, in Pompeii, just for example, in the the buried ruins of Pompeii have been unearthed uh, plaques, which are to the dedication of the person who provided the Mm -hmm. funds for public buildings, for instance. And that was considered their a service to mm-hmm. the society and to the government. Mm-hmm. And so they, they erected a plaque for that. Okay. So St. Paul is correct when he says the government exists for the punishment of evil and the reward of those who do good. Okay. I'm so, going to make some announcements, and then we're going yeah. to come back to, sure to continue discussing. Today, Family Shield is giving away the booklet, Live the Six, Being an Everyday Missionary. To request a complimentary copy, call the Family Shield Response Center, 1-877-250-8416 or email us at witness2family at gmail.com. Please make sure you give us your complete name and address when you call or write. The Family Shield radio program airs on more than 50 radio stations each week throughout the United States and is also available through our podcast. We are a listener-supported ministry. We invite your prayers and support. If you'd like to support us, send a gift to Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri 63123. You can also donate on our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. If you're a Thrivent Financial member, you can designate your Thrivent Choice Dollars to support Family Shield Ministries, go to www.thrivent.com slash Thrivent Choice or call Thrivent at 1-800-847-4836 and one of their employees will help you. Remember, you choose, but Thrivent gives the gift. Why not put Family Shield Ministries into your will or estate? Family Shield's estate program is entitled Generations Legacy. Your gift will allow us to continue the ministries for many generations and beyond your lifetime. For more information, contact us at witness2family at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening to Family Shield and for your prayers. Learn more again at www.familyshieldministries.com. This is Kay Meyer, host for today's Family Shield program. Thanks for listening. I want to go back again to my guest, Dr. Reverend Charles Spomer of Ascension Lutheran Church in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, we used to be members there, so we know lots of uh, of the members. And uh, again, uh, Pastor Spomer and his family are, are our friends as well. But I also know that Pastor Spomer is an excellent teacher. It's uh, oh, He has a wonderful gift of teaching. And so he's using that gift today as we learn more about the two kingdoms. What else do you want to share, uh, Pastor Spomer? Well, when God deals with us in the kingdom of the left hand, <clears throat> according to his law, um, the issue of that law is to provide order in society so that people, even people who do not believe in God, who might be absolute, out-and-out, complete atheists, can live a life which is at peace and uh, can live a life which is productive for the welfare of the society. Um, and that, that is the work of God. That's what he desires to do. And so he works to protect life 
through uh, means of the law. So, for instance, we have a police force, or we will have a fire department, or we will have um, a military force. Um, we will have courts of law. Uh, we will have a system of punishments in, in jails and prisons. And God establishes those things as a means by which those who do uh, evil and disrupt society can be dealt with in a way that uh, protects the rest of society from their effects. Um, God also operates according to his law in the church, but it has a different purpose. There, the purpose of law is to bring us face-to-face to our, with our sin. And when God operates with the law there, he very specifically talks about sins, for instance, that are sins in society. But he also includes things that society does not consider to be sin. So, in uh, Matthew chapter 5, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, You have heard that it was said by the men of old, You shall not murder. But I tell you, whoever is angry with his brother without a cause is a murderer. Well, anger is not part of what can be prosecuted in a civil court of law. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's something which people have an awful lot. Now, when your anger causes you to assault someone, that can be taken care of in a court of law. If your anger uh, causes you to uh, create some kind of a hazard on the highway, uh, as a lot of people do, that can be prosecuted in a court of law. But anger in and of itself is not. However, God uh, there in the Bible says that anger is something which uh, he takes very seriously. And he defines our sin much more closely, for instance, than we do in the world. Um, He says, for instance, there in that same chapter, um, that um, you have heard that it was said by the men of old, you shall not commit adultery, but I tell you, whoever looks upon a woman uh, with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So you can't necessarily prosecute such a thing um, in a civil court. Now, you can, for instance, prosecute the way that a person uses pornography, particularly that insidious type of pornography which involves children. Mm-hmm. Um, you can uh, um, prosecute those people who produce it if you have made it against the law. Uh, but you can't necessarily prosecute someone who thinks about it. Now, Jesus says he does. He prosecutes in his divine court those who just think about those sins, those who would like to commit them openly, but only commit them in their hearts. Now, this is done uh, not because Jesus wants us to improve, but because he wants us to know that sin condemns us. And that one, the only thing, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I was going to say, one oh. sin condemns us. One All we sin, have yeah. to do is do one sin. Right. Yeah. It's, um, <clears throat> yeah, sin works on the balloon principle, according to uh, James, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whoever keeps the law in every point except one, one. Can, is broken the whole law. Well, it takes one hold to let all of the air out of a balloon. It doesn't take hundreds, yeah, just one. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's the way the, the law operates, because any violation of the law on any point of the law, violates the first principle of the law, which is, you shall have no other gods. And the way it does it is by allowing us to do exactly what Adam and Eve did, and that's to say, I'm going to decide when I'm going to obey God and when I'm not going to obey God. I'm going to decide whether I want to think these things or not think these things. 
And when we take that seriously and we come to the final conclusion of that, we have to say to ourselves the same thing that St. Paul says in Romans chapter 7. Uh, Wretched man that I am, who is going to deliver me from this body that's taking me to death? And then he says, thanks be to God who gives us the victory in our Lord Jesus Christ. And the wonderful thing about that is that God gives us a victory in Christ, not because we are good, not because, even because we believe, but because of what Christ has done. And Christ gives us that because it is he who by his Spirit gives us faith. Mm -hmm. And then God operates in the forgiveness of sins in the kingdom of the right hand. It's because of that, then, that we are motivated to do the things that God commands us to do. and We love to do the things that God commands us to do. And the great thing about the kingdom of God's right hand is that it all depends on him. He, he drives all of the verbs in the kingdom of the right hand. So that even if we imperfectly keep God's law, which is what, that, that is all we can do. We cannot keep the law of God perfectly. We can only imperfectly keep it. Even though we imperfectly keep the law of God, God gives to us the wonderful privilege of uh, being holy in his sight. He, he regards us by grace all the time. And that is something which cannot happen in the kingdom of the left hand. Uh, people, for instance, can have civil righteousness. They can do good things for the benefit of their neighbor. But God does not receive those things as being good unless they are done by faith. So there's another carryover. When a believer acts according to faith in the kingdom of the left hand. For instance, when you go out and uh, you see that there's a mess in the alley. Our time's almost up. Oh, I'm sorry. By the dumpster, you go and clean it up. Because you're a believer, God transfers that into the kingdom of the right hand and accepts it. The, The division between the kingdom of the left hand is the division between God's reign in our hearts by the grace that he gives us in Christ and his reign in the world through civil government and that the two are not the same. All right. I want to just again mention my guest has been Dr. Reverend Charles Spomer. He's the pastor of Ascension Lutheran Church in St. Louis. We've been talking about the t- the kingdom of the right and the kingdom of the left to help me understand, and I hope that it's also helped our listeners understand a little bit more about the fact that God reigns not just in the church, but also in the secular world. Uh, We encourage you to go to church this weekend. If you'd like us to recommend a church near your home, call us. That response center number again is 1-877-317-4326. Again, that number 1-877-317-4326. This is Kay Meyer of Family Shield. We're glad that you're listening. Uh, We ask that the Lord would continue to bless you and your family. Maybe something you've heard today interested you. We would love to talk to you further. Again, that number, 1-877-317-4326. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. 
and tune in again next week for Family Shield.